0: You're listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 128. I can say that because Mike's not here and he won't give me a hard time. I can say 128 all day long, and I won't get grief for it. So 128, the Freelancer Codex podcast. June 25th of 2020. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-host, Devin. We are two manning this raid tonight. Um, people said it was impossible to two man a podcast. We're going to do it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do it. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts where it's just, you know, they solo it, but we're going to two man it tonight. And thank Mm -hmm. you everyone in the chat for hanging out with us. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, before we dive in though, I feel Devin, like we have a personal responsibility to address a couple things that have been happening in the world because, um, I had my nieces and nephew over. They're getting older. One of them's in college and they're like, Hey, Uncle Steve, we subscribe to your podcast. And I'm like, thank you. Like make a bunch more accounts and just keep subscribing to it, right? <laughs> Boost those numbers up for the no. kids. So like eventually it's like, okay. So I mean, like we have to set an example because we've got, you know, family listening. They're impressionable. They're kids you know so you got to hear this stuff um there's been a lot of stuff going on in the world in 2020 2020 has been pretty interesting we still have um protests going on for social equality for in the black lives matter movement um recently this week and last week there has been a lot of talk about sexual harassment in the video game industry it's kind of been in every industry um But since this is a video game centered podcast, we figured we'd talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm sorry if people don't like talking about this. Um, I don't think this is like a political issue. I think this is just like a human decency issue. So I feel pretty comfortable talking about it. Um, Sexual harassment doesn't only happen to women. It happens to men also. So this is something that is going to affect all of us in one way or another, whether um, it's happened to us, whether it's happening to someone that we know. Um, It... It's something that should be addressed. It's something that as consumers of video games, it's easy to turn a blind eye to it, to the things that happen because, hey, but look at this cool game that I got, right? Sometimes when we talk about crunch and we're like, we hate crunch so much, but when a cool game comes out of a studio and we're like, oh man, they worked so hard on this game. Well, it's because they crunched. And you know what? They probably worked really hard on this game with a lot of this other type of stuff going on. I think 2020 has been pretty interesting because things um, are just being brought to light more. And I think people are just kind of done and upset with the status quo because it seems like you know once every year we hear about these things that go on or a story pops up about some high-up developer in a game company where things come out and it's just like, really, this again? Yeah. And I think eventually um, people just kind of get sick of it and now it's like, hey, it's time to share these experiences because some of the women that have come forward have been sitting on these experiences for 10 plus years. And in a business environment like video games, it's hard to come forward because if you are passionate about games and this is your opportunity to learn about games and it's either suffer through this and get those opportunities or speak up and get fired. I mean, that's a hard position to be in for a lot of people. So when people say, you know, oh, why didn't you speak up then? It's like, well, I don't think it's that easy, right? These aren't just like, oh, you should have done this, and it would have all gone away. Um, it's a tough situation to be in, and I, I, I feel sad that this kind of thing is happening in an industry that we love so much and an industry that we care about. Um,
1: yeah, I think you know some of the reaction I've been seeing online and stuff is, um, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, we just need to clean out the industry or people need to stop making games and different things. It's like, it's, this is not every single person, you know, within this industry, there's a lot of abuse and abuse of power and, and other things that have gone on. Um, and it's good that, you know, people are coming forward to be able to tell their stories and, but it's also, you know, important as they tell the stories to, you know, make sure we're not just being like, Oh, quick to judge every single person on everything that they say and, and do. You know, we have to investigate and figure things out and make sure, you know, people are
0: held accountable,
1: held accountable if it's true or not, you know, and and the internet is definitely, I mean, we're, we're not the ones that should be doing the investigations, but obviously we can definitely help find out things uh, as we've seen many times before, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not uh, an easy topic and it's something that people like to forget about because it's uncomfortable to talk about, whether it's affected you or someone you know and uh you know it's it's easier just to try and put it out of your mind so you don't have to deal with that those emotions and everything else that come come forward and, and so it's definitely hard uh for them you know for people that have gone through that and yeah I mean, and it's, it's definitely a difficult thing for them to go through
0: and unfortunately it's always it seems to always come from like someone that is in a position of power right Because like we said, I mean, it's so easy, especially for like, like streaming culture. It's so hard to get noticed. It's so hard to like climb those ranks because there's how many thousands of people streaming, like the same game that you're streaming. And the way to get noticed is to like, hey, I got noticed by this person, this person, you know, wants to go to this party after E3 or after PAX. And unfortunately, there's alcohol everywhere. There's open bars everywhere at those parties. And that doesn't help the situation. I'm not saying like, hey, that's the problem. Like, I know a lot of people that drink responsibly, but it definitely it doesn't help the situation in a lot of in a lot of times. And it's just people abusing power, unfortunately. And, you know, when you're in that position to be like, hey, you can either stay here or you can leave. Like a lot of people that are passionate would it's it's tough. So we encourage people that, you know what, like, find, seek the help. Um, if, if you have been abused, um, seek out help. I don't know. I'm not a professional. I don't know, you know, the right thing to say, so I'm not going to pretend to, but you know, I, and for everyone else, like, I think we need to step up and be better. I think it's very similar to, you know, when we're trying to support people that feel oppressed, like we need to be listening Honestly, to these people, to everyone, we need to listen to, you know, our brothers and sisters because we have to help each other. We have to support each other. Um, yep. and unfortunately, uh, hopefully, and unfortunately, this happens like every so often. And, you know, we need to figure out, figure out a way to stop it. And I, I hope it eventually does stop. All right, Devin, um, let's talk about some video games after talking about let's. that. Devin.
1: And let's just
0: kind of get to it. But before we do that, if anyone wants to write in, um, please do that at freelancercodex at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voice message over at anchor.fm freelancer slash freelancer slash message. And we can put that on the show okay thank you for our supporters for everyone that supports us on patreon thanks our patrons for let's thank julius nathan b michael r trent b man and still scout 69 Dragonheart 76 jeffrey h and the gameplay experience we really really appreciate all the continued support that we've gotten from everyone um if you are a patron you have you get access depending on your tier to our pre-show content so we were talking a bunch um earlier before we started recording the show live here on twitch um about a bunch of stuff and you can go um, get all the all that juicy content, that pre-show content. And we also have a monthly challenge coin that we send out that we make here in-house. So we'll send those out to those um, supporters as well. Cool. Devin, that's how it's done. All right. This week, Devin and I got a chance to sit down and talk with Adam Stewart of One Man Left Studios. You will know their games um, from such iPad titles as Tilt to Live. One of the very first like good iPad games there were. When it came out, um, Tilt to Live was a fantastic game. We spent a lot of time playing Tilt to Live. They also made Outwitters. Um, a lot of time playing Outwitters and testing that game. Devin and I were both um, testers there, and we got into a lot of fights over that game. A lot of yelling. <laughs> a lot of name-calling. Especially that other tester. There was one other tester that was just cheated all the time in this game while we were trying to um, do some testing on this game. and It was very frustrating very frustrating that we cheat we called him out on the forums he said no we're like yes you are you're obviously cheating we have proof we can see this there's no way you'd be able to know where this person is and you just jumped right by him at that anyway um lots of fun that interview is going to go up on youtube and on the podcast feed on monday so look forward to that we had a good time talking with adam i think we did do you think you had a good time Yeah, it was a
1: lot of fun It it was great fun he's working on the game still and uh yeah, he gave some shout-outs to his, his stuff he's working on. He's, it's on Steam, so it's not on, on Apple anymore. Um, so he's kind of moving on from that because it's super crowded there, but not that it's not crowded on Steam. Um, but, yeah, I but, mean, you can yeah. play a demo and check it out, and he's more than happy to hear what you guys think. So,
0: Yep okay then that's hex gambit re shoot i just forgot the name of the thing i should remember this it's called hex gambit on steam and you can download the demo all right Devin, let's have keanu introduce us to the news all right i gotta
1: talk to you about something
0: And it's actually a good thing Keanu's introducing us to the news because he's actually going to be in the news because he was showcased li- earlier today. But first, Devin, tell us about Microsoft shutting down the Mixer streaming platform.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it. from a business decision, it just wasn't uh, working out right, obviously. I think that was kind of evident with all the problems that they've been having for a while. And it just wasn't gaining the foothold that they wanted, um, you know, so they made a way Facebook gaming came in and made a way there's no, there's no like transferring of anything from mixer to Facebook gaming, but there, they stepped up and said, Hey, you know, we'll work with the partners who people who were made partner on mixer and they can do stuff with Facebook gaming and they're just kind of helping pave the way for that. I mean, Facebook has over 2 billion people on it that can possibly see your content. so. Um, If they let people, I
0: don't know. (laughs) So there were, yeah, there were some numbers that came out previously. And, um, so these were taken from these, these numbers, this data was provided by Facebook specifically. So, um, according to platform, and this is hours watched per platform. So on, so other, other websites or whatever, this probably includes caffeine and some of those others, um, Hours watched, they had 1.9 billion hours watched. Mixer had 37 million hours watched. Facebook Mm -hmm. Gaming had 86 million hours watched. YouTube Gaming had 279 million hours watched. And Twitch had a small number of 750 million hours watched. This this was was in April of 2019. So in 2020 of April... Twitch had 1.49 billion people hours watched in April. Yeah. Like that is a that is 98% growth for Twitch. Um, YouTube yeah. gaming grew by 65% to four, 461 million. Facebook gaming grew to 291 million for 238%. So that was a huge increase for them. And then Mixer increased by 0.2%. Now, this is after the acquisition of people like Ninja shroud gathalion and the other people that they had on so like you said Devin, the growth wasn't there i mean i don't know what else they could have done i think twitch Mm. just has such a huge market share and it's just synonymous with game streaming they have features in there now that mixer didn't have mixer did have you know the ftl they have the um, low latency streaming but now twitch even has something similar not as fast but it's similar and I just don't think that they were able to keep up. I don't know if it's just because they weren't innovating on ideas or if people are just like, no, like they spent all the money on Twitch. They've got all their emos. They've got their Kappa cap and their Pog Champs and their Bible Thumbs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that kind of well, stuff I mean, isn't.
1: It's hard, right? I mean, there, you get stuff linked in with Amazon and then YouTube. Obviously, people go there to watch movies or different stuff. And then Facebook is so people are already on Facebook. There's billions of people on Facebook. So why not? My neighbors so will
0: bless But him. Do, So will you, Devin, Xbox um, ambassador, will you watch stuff on Facebook Gaming?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I already have. It's definitely like has really bad, uh, you know, um, latency compared to Mixer or even Twitch. So it's like 15, 10 to 15 seconds behind. So, I mean, that's definitely something they have to fix to, to make it better. Because trying to communicate with the person on stream, so like they're talking and then you type something, um, you know, there's a the delay. Yeah, there's a, there's a delay, and so like when it's it's not as fluent of a conversation, or I mean, it's still enjoyable, but it's like oh they screw something up and you're like oh, you type something and then they see it like 15 seconds, they're, oh yeah, yeah, you know, or you see their response to it 15 seconds later. Anyways, it's but, like
0: me playing Dark Souls and honest telling me how terrible I'm playing Dark Souls. Probably. and i get and i get that <laughs> message like 15 seconds later like yeah I'm, dead. I'm sorry um but yeah yeah i don't think i will ever go watch anything on facebook gaming i have i have facebook for one reason and that's a chat thread that i have from my brothers other than that i have given that up i've passed on i don't want anything to do with facebook i don't know how many times i can yeah. see the same um you know hey find out your personality what disney character are you what uh? What bubble gum should you eat? So it's just like not something I'm gonna do at well, all. You shouldn't like, eat bubblegum, but you can chew it. I'm sure um, you can eat bubblegum. I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> like the the only the only streamers I ever watched on Mixer that I even knew on Mixer was Lupo, friend of the show, who's been on a couple times. Um, but other than that, there's like no one else there that I'm like, oh, I I only went to Mixer to watch this person, and I don't know if that's just, just because I don't do a lot of watch a lot of streamers anyway. Um, because mm-hmm. usually when I'm on, I want to be playing games or, you know, working on content. So, I mean, that's probably just a personal thing for me. But, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I watch uh, several pe- people on Twitch, mostly just because of, like, for Sea of Thieves stuff. And it, the crazy thing was, you know, even Microsoft's internal studios, they had, I mean, Twitch Prime or the Twitch Drops, all this stuff. Like, they were all doing those things on Twitch instead of on Mixer. Because they, they would do stuff on Mixer, but there just wasn't the same, uh, you know, user base. Reach. It wasn't the same reach. And so they would do it on Twitch, and it would just drive people crazy. They're like, why am I streaming over here on Mixer when the internal Microsoft Studios are doing stuff on Twitch? And Or vice versa. And I, I mean, I enjoy watching it. I, I have stuff up for Sea of Thieves because they do contests. Like They recently just had two weeks of drops every single day for watching the streamers. And so you watch them and they're fun. There's some some of them that I enjoy watching. And sometimes I just, like when I'm going through a lot of paperwork at home, I have it on just for noise going on in the background. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't really watch too many people. There's a few of them that I do watch, but I've been watching them when they switch from just doing YouTube videos to streams and right. still do YouTube videos. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly just like I hop in, I check things out when I'm not doing something else. Because you're right. I mean, I would rather be playing video games, but when I can't be playing games, then I'm fine watching. So Yeah. I just it's like people watching this right now.
0: <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. Thank you. No, every, thank you, like everyone, it. for watching us um, on Twitch and mm-hmm. not on YouTube gaming. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think YouTube is made for watching videos that people have already made. Twitch is for watching streamers. Facebook is for old people and Mixer is no more. So. <laughs> I mean, that's just my personal opinion. All right, let's move on for this. So a couple of other things I want to talk about. All right. Um, so Facebook also just bought Ready at Dawn, the studio behind Lone Echo in Order 1886. I didn't realize that Facebook was still buying the studios. Um, I'm guessing this is for their Oculus division. But, yeah,
1: because uh, Radiant Dawn's been making VR games.
0: So. Yeah, and Lone Echo is one of the best um, VR titles that is out there. Um, if you talk to Scout, um, one of our community members who is way into VR, um, Lone Echo is one of the best things out there. I don't know if like if this is going to be the new "Hey, this is where studios go to die," um, because VR yeah. is. I I was kind of disappointed when I that we haven't heard anything about PlayStation VR for the PS5, because I think that's one of the things that was continuing to grow the VR community, was having it ready, readily available on the PlayStation. Maybe they'll talk
1: about it in August, because there's another show in August.
0: I, I, Maybe, I hope I had, so.
1: There's a lot of speculation, like, that's why they haven't shown off the back of the, the console yet, because they don't want people to see the ports. Um... So it either will kill the, the rumors for the PlayStation 5 VR connection or enhance it.
0: Right. So. This is why we have you on the show, Devin. Things I didn't even consider. Because we know for <laughs> sure that um, Xbox, they're like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're not supporting it. Which is really weird. Like, I really wish like Phil would be like, hey, this is something that's coming up. So let's jump on this. Let's help the growth here. Because I really think VR, yeah. like, it's just waiting for that moment or that title to where, Or just that headset that just fits on people's heads and is actually comfortable and doesn't require a million um, cables. Kind of like Jay was saying when we interviewed him. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, we're I think getting they're, they're
1: working on it. Right. I mean, they have the HoloLens stuff that they're doing for AR um, and they're kind of really focusing on that. But I mean, they came out and they're like, look, VR is cool. It's just not big enough yet. Right. I mean, it's a big risk to take and a lot of investment. I mean, they, which I think they were spending all that money on Mixer. Right. So, Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, because like, if you consider the big streamers that we mentioned, you know, like we don't know the exact money value. We do. Like Ninja, Ninja got, and Sh- I mean,
0: Ninja got paid yeah, out thirty but, million dollars. Shroud yeah, got ten million. million.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, that's and they hate, had to get bought out by their contracts. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's just hey, is what it is. They, they try things and they don't work, and uh, you know, they tried to the connect, and so maybe they're a little leery of you know those peripheral type things. Is you know, the internet likes to crucify the Xbox, whatever they do. So.
0: That is true. All right. I mean, so,
1: I'll, I'll stay off of that soapbox as much as possible. Today.
0: Thank you, Xbox <laughs> Ambassador Devin. I appreciate it. All right. Um, so this is kind of just interesting, interesting story. I wanted to get your take on it. Um, so the new Pokemon game was announced, okay? And it is a MOBA so the pokemon company announced the next new title pokemon unite it's a multiplayer online battle arena game made in a partnership with tencent hey tencent they're going to own the world someday i think whenever like the um when the corporations take over you and you can either like side with taco bell or tencent i think i'm going to side with tencent cuz they'll have pokemon um so real quick SJ says in the chat I think Xbox is too focused on building things like Game Pass and XCloud to worry about VR. And that's that's probably very true. I think They're building the,
1: services, right?
0: Game Pass is going to be huge for Xbox. It's going to be one, it's one of the things right now that makes them different. It's one of the things that drives um, like it makes people say hey, this is a way better value than anything that Sony is offering right now. XCloud I don't think we'll be there yet but with their partnership with facebook i mean if you could just be on facebook and say hey you guys want to play and you click on a button that says because it, it, right now if you play facebook there's an option to like play a couple stupid games like darts like beer pong and golf and instead of having that and it actually says like play halo infinite I mean, I think that would be pretty huge, especially for a lot of places around the world that don't that you know consoles cost like twelve hundred dollars just to um, buy a new Xbox, like um, in yeah. Australia, and in Argentina. So I think those services, you're <laughs> right, are probably way more important than than VR right now. So all right, so back to back to this MOBA. So. All right, so, so it's in partnership with Tencent. The game is a five-on-five, fairly traditional-looking mobile for Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. You can run around a symmetrical map with each team having a base on each side, and you'll be tasked with catching Pokemans um, in which you can do by standing on certain capture points. So you just, instead of like beating them up, you can just stand on capture points. So, and then you can choose from a handful of different Pokemon with various combat skills. So far, you've got Snorlax, Pikachu, Talonflame, Machamp, Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Clefairy, Gengar, and Lucario. Devin, aren't you proud of me that I hit all those Pokemon names perfectly without messing up? Um, That's pretty good. I'm and and just doing some is,
1: math here for the future for the next subject here in just a little bit. So.
0: And the game, is, the game is cross-platform, so players on mobile devices will be able to queue up and play with friends playing on Nintendo Switches and there's no release date of that okay so you're a massive pokemon fan tencent gives you money to make a game um is moba like your first like i mean i I thought the day of the moba was done i thought the day of trying to be the number three moba was like gone a day of the past we've got league we have dota like heroes of the storm is a distant distant third place in the moba genre Like, I don't know if this is like to get little kids hooked on the MOBA to be like, Hey, come spend more money playing League.
1: (laughs) Pokemon's like, we need a new challenge. We're winning everything else. So we need a new challenge. Let's go MOBA.
0: I don't think they're winning everything else. Like, I know there's a lot of people that sell a
1: lot of crap.
0: Well, they, they do, but I don't, I don't think their games are that good. And then I'm going to like look over my back now this whole week to make sure I don't get stabbed in the back by Pokemon's fans. But like, I think. (laughs) Like, they haven't really iterated on what a Pokemon game is for years. Like, yeah, yeah now you can make your Pokemon's bigger when they fight. That's cool, I guess. But it's still turn-based when even people like Square Enix are like, all right, we got to get rid of this turn-based combat. We got to go to a more action-style game because that's where everything's going. But Pokemon is still stuck in the past of select your attack, attack, Hey, you went first, so you killed this person because it's a leaf type and you're a fire type. I just don't, I don't understand why they like go for the moba. I mean, it, it's just weird to me that they're like, "Hey, let's make a moba." I mean, it this could have been it's and, weird to me as well. I don't I know mean, why if, <laughs> they would. And if this is Tencent, I mean, we're talking about I, is it Tencent? I, I'm pretty sure it's Tencent. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's either Tencent or Netties that were making Diablo Immortal. Which appeared to be a clone of another game off the Chinese um, game market. Yeah, it was. uh... So I don't, I don't know if this is
1: Tencent, but
0: I don't know if this is just like a similar situation where they had this MOBA and they're like, we don't know what to do with it. How do we make this MOBA different from er every other MOBA?
1: Western property and (laughs) exactly more fitted
0: around it. Well, I don't know if I don't think Pokemon is Pokemon Western.
1: I mean, well, I don't know. They're just trying to be different for the Western market. I'm guessing. For oh, I
0: see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's like, hey, we need to put something on this, put Pokemon on it because it's super popular and it'll sell a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. right now it says it's free to start, so I don't know what kind of monetization thing is going to be in there. I mean, we don't know anything. Like, hey, in League and Dota, you have like hundreds of characters that have certain battle set. That's like, hey, this person's strong here. This one's, you know, a laner. This one's a jungle, a jungler. That's a weird word to say. So I don't know what you do here. Like, is Pikachu like? Are you like gonna lane with Pikachu? Or are you just gonna go collect XP with Pikachu? It's just weird. It's really weird to me that this is like the next thing from from Pokemon. I would have, you know, this we get Pokemon Snap, and now we get Pokemon MOBA. I mean, yeah. do you have any interested in, in any interest in picking up Pokemon MOBA? And like,
1: no, I, I don't. I mean, in general, I don't have any interest in picking up a Pokemon game. So, um that, I mean, have, I enjoyed Pokemon a long time ago when I was in, like, you know, middle school and high school. Um, but that was more of the card card game, not the video games. So I just yeah. never really got into them too much.
0: And, and, I, and I think, like, Pokemon could have, like, one of the... I mean, it is one of the biggest franchises out there. I just don't think they do enough to, like, warrant, you know, the amount of success that they have because it just seems like they rest on their lords a lot. But... Anyway, enough about Pokemon MOBA. I hope that they have lots of success there. Okay, yeah, and Tencent also owns Riot, who developed League of Legends. So and and maybe this is what this is. Let's get the little kids addicted to a MOBA. They'll start out with Pokemon, and when they need something, you know, something cool. a little bit more in-depth, they can go to League, and then they can become champions at the MOBA jump. Alright. Um Another interesting thing is that, uh, who is this? Let me pull this up really quick. I'm pretty sure this is Sean, Sean Layden. Yep. All right. So, Sean Layden, he was the, he's an ex um, Sony executive. He had a quote that he was talking to some people about, and it's a quote that was picked up by a lot of gaming outlets, and I just wanted to talk about this. So, the current AAA game model is just not sustainable. And this is something that we have actually talked on the show a lot about, you know, the cost of games. The cost Mm -hmm. of, you know, development, getting all these um, voice actors, and then only charging $60 for something that took you five years to make. Like, so he says the problem with that model is it's just not sustainable. He said the problem with that model is, okay, I just said that. That's written twice there in this um, article (laughs) for some reason. That doesn't make sense to me. So ma- sure major you know, AAA, yeah, major mm-hmm. A games in the current generation go anywhere from eighty million to one hundred and fifty million or more to build. Even that number seems low to me. I know. Yeah, that
1: definitely seems small to me. So,
0: yeah, that seems low. I think I think Control was made for like one hundred and fifty million. I think I remember that number being passed around for some reason for Control. So it costs that much or more to build, and that's before marketing. It's a huge upfront cost. So maybe that's maybe because it's not including marketing. That's why it seems low to us. He says, I don't think that in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and think that you can grow. I think the industry as a whole needs to sit back and go, right, what are we building? What's the audience expectation? What is the best way to get our story across? And say what you need to say. I am not a game developer so I'll preference um, my statements with that. But I agree. I think the more and more we put into this high budget stuff, like I know that, you know, when you look at games like Naughty Dog, um, The Last of Us 2, I can only imagine how much that game costs to make. Um, Probably a lot of money, especially with the marketing behind it. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to think about where these big studios are, right? Uh, California. They are in Santa Monica, right? For Naughty Dog, I think. And then, like, I'm just thinking for, like, 343 Industries. They're up in Seattle. It's expensive to live in Seattle. And say you got... I'm just saying rough, rough estimate, 500 people working on Halo yeah. and they're like just average out their salary of $75,000 because a lot of people like game developers in some places are making, you know, in California where it's like $100,000 because it just costs a lot of money to live there. So in order to get people to your studio, you have to pay them, right? right. So even if we just averaged out $75,000 for developers for 500 people, that's 37 million a year, right? And Halo Five has been in development for, or Halo Infinite has been in development for five years. That's 187 million dollars. You've been paying people to make this game. That that doesn't include, you know,
0: Bequ- anything that, else. That's like not equipment. Operating
1: budget. Any, anything. That's just pay. That doesn't include health insurance and that stuff. Uh, you know, if they have, I'm sure they do because it's Microsoft. But. But then you got marketing, all the other stuff that you're working on with other people. About, um, you know, so these huge games cost so much money, and it's like, okay, if you, if it costs three hundred million dollars to make this game, you have to make that back, right? Or it's, it's or it's point. a
0: failing business because that's how businesses work. Yeah.
1: And so, but I mean, obviously, with huge properties like Halo, where you know, even Halo Five made hundreds of millions of dollars and continue to make that off of the microtransactions from off buying the, their, rec packs. the rec packs, you know, um, there has to be, and we've talked about this, there has to be some way for developers to make money to keep going, right? Unless they can get a deal or they're a first party title, you know, company where they're just going to keep giving them money to make more games or eventually if their games aren't selling, they're going to shut them down and move people to different studios like they all do because it's a business, you know? And so it has to make money. And that's why there's a lot of studios that aren't doing crazy new games because so like, we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars. It has to be a hit, you know? Right. Because they're just like, Oh, we need something with a long tail that can keep making money that can, we can keep it around for years and years. And so
0: yeah, I mean, it's really hard. We talked about Star Wars Squadrons last week and that game being, um, not really calling it a AAA game. I mean, it's a $40 game that looks, I mean, it looks like it could be a AAA game. I mean, it looks um, it looks really good. I mean, it's it's really hard to make spaceships look bad, though. I'm sure I could manage to do that. But it's just, it's weird because you want companies to make money so that they can keep making the games that you love, right? That's That's yep. the goal. Um, So that means we have to support them. Would people support um, companies if they sold The Last of Us 2 for $90 instead of $60? I mean, would a kid be able to go to a parent and be like, Dad, Dad, I need $90 for a video game when, you know, last week it was like $60? I mean, that's probably a pretty hard ask for a lot of people. So, I mean, and that's why we've seen all these other monetization uh, methods with, you know, buying things in game, buying. Bright Dust or whatever it's called in Destiny now, Bind Shards and Anthem to supplement that cost. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a very hard. I would much rather have a shorter game, much like Control, where it told the story, it was concise about the story, it doesn't take you 40 hours to get through. It's like, hey, you know, it took me 20 hours to get through Control. The team was able to do that in a decent amount of time with minimum crunch, and they could get the return on that, and they can move on to the next one based on the success of the first one. Um, but again, this is all really hard stuff. It's easier for us to backseat, um, finance, but it's, it, it's really so like, tough to do. I mean, and we're, I we can't all this. be Fortnite. So, yeah.
1: well, no, you definitely can't I'll be Fortnite making, you know, 40 million or whatever, just off of mobile every, every month or whatever. every hour. But yeah, I don't know. They make, they make ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but yet they still get get investments. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand why. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy. And I I'd certainly like, you know, Rare with Sea of Thieves. It's $30 for the game. They give you free monthly updates every single month. And I'm not saying I buy everything that comes out for that game, but I certainly buy ship sets and those kind of things because I've, I've gotten hundreds of hours worth of entertainment out of their game and I still continue to get entertainment out of it so I don't feel bad about hey I'll put 20 more dollars into this game this month because I'm going to play it you know 50 50 or 60 more hours where going to the movies or even buying a movie is 20 plus dollars and that's for a couple hours you know so
0: and then, and this brings up a whole another conversation like you know how does game, how do dev, how do developers that have games on Game Pass make any of this money back right mm-hmm. Because it seems like we're just, like, giving them nothing or getting to play hundreds and hundreds well, of games. I mean,
1: they, they get money from Microsoft to have their game right. on there. And then uh, they actually, I mean, a lot of, you know, stats show that more people that play it actually buy the game. Like, when I enjoy a game off of Game Pass, I buy it. Because, I mean, that's me, but that's I'm not the same to everybody. But I'm like, oh, okay, this is a really good game because, I don't know, it, eventually games get moved off of Game Pass that aren't first party and so if I'm enjoying a game that's not made by Microsoft, then I'm going to buy it because I want to be able to keep it. And that's just my way of also saying to the, to the developer, yeah, I really enjoyed this game, so I'm going to purchase it. So, yeah. And, you know, it's not like they have all the DLC or anything else like that on, on Game Pass, which they do have some of those things, but if you want that extra stuff, you still have to buy it.
0: So. Right. So speaking of games that are going to be 200-plus hours, should we talk a little bit about <laughs> Cyberpunk and a couple of things that happen in Cyberpunk? Yeah, um, yeah. So before today, they announced that there was a comic coming out, and it is a comic series called Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team, and it's a new series based on the highly anticipated game. You, pl- There is an assistant EMT for a privately owned business known as Trauma Team International. They're the sole survivor of a failed mission turned shootout. So that comic will be coming out. Let's see. Does it give a date when the comic will be coming out? It does not. I didn't, so I didn't they see used- one. They usually announce comics three months early so that people could can order them in. So I'm guessing that this one's actually going to be back in print, and they're anticipating comic shops opening up, at least to pick up comics. So this one will probably be out in mm, three months. Our local
1: comic shop is open. So
0: Right. So, so I guess if they announce it today, that means it's going to be coming out probably three weeks after the game releases because the game releases on... No, November 19th. That doesn't make sense no, it should be coming out before the game. This, yeah, this I'm guessing was supposed to be in um, combination with the game release, but because it got yeah. pushed back, they're like, well, we can't really, there's no there's no reason in pushing this back, so let's just have it released yeah. in September. But, I mean, it, when it doesn't was have to. any
1: spoilers for the game. It's a whole different story, right? And it's not yeah. dealing with the people in the game, just like the anime, which I think is crazy that they announced that already, considering that's its two coming out, out in
0: 2022. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so they so they announced the anime that's being made by studio trigger those are the state that's the same studio that made kill a kill and did they no i think Gynax made guru and login but i could be wrong um so that's going to be coming out in 2022 they were really excited about that also cyberpunk 2077 will be backwards compatible with both next-gen consoles if you buy it on this are generation compatible? and they will be forwards compatible yes what i say
1: Backwards. I, I mean, it's backwards if you're playing on that one because you'll be playing the current so, version. So,
0: so it's both, yeah. right? Yeah. But you get mm-hmm. a free upgrade if you get the PlayStation Five or the Xbox Series X. All right. So, but, I, Devin, want your opinion on the Cyberpunk gameplay that they showed off today because a lot of outlets got to play for about four hours. They had a lot of impressions. We got to see a new trailer. Have your thoughts changed at all on Cyberpunk um, after seeing uh, the trailer today? <clears throat>
1: No, I mean, I thought it looked great. looks amazing. And all the information that I'm seeing is good. I mean, as long as what you said for Kotaku Australia holds out, that I can not have to see all the nudity everywhere, then I'm excited for it, you know. Um, because I wanted to play it. It's a cool-looking game. It's I, I like that uh, style and that setting. And so I, I definitely want to play it, but... Because of it was just going to have so much nudity and everything else, I, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to play this because I, I don't really enjoy playing games where my kids can't be just like walking by, you know, type of thing. Or it's like, oh, I have to pay attention, make sure I can't play this. It's a secret. You know, I mean, it just makes did, me feel awkward when I'm like, okay, I'm going to sneak around. I'm going to go play this game where no one's looking.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? No, no, I, I agree and I understand. But just, I mean, even if there's not any nudity, there is a lot of gory killing in yeah, no, the trailer sure. that we saw.
1: Yeah, like I was playing Battlefield the other day, and you're just killing people, and I could like, just shanked this dude, and he's like, you know, whatever. And right. turn my son's just right there, he's just like,
0: he's like, wide I <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Dad, what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, What are you doing here? Because he's those, just putting him to just, sleep,
0: and He's just putting him to sneak sleep.
1: Up and like stand right next to me, you know, because I always have head, headphones on. And uh, but no, I, I'm I'm definitely excited for the game. It looks really cool. Um, you know, they said that's a game that you're going to be able to play for the next couple of years, you know. So what, whatever kind of DLC they're going to have, you know, is, is going to be there. And and they, they did say, yeah, you'll be playing. It'll work with the next-gen consoles, and it'll just perform better, but because that's you're just going to have the, the current-gen version and the true next-gen, you know, what they're going to take advantage of the hardware is not coming until next year for both systems.
0: So. I mean, th- and this game is going to be hundreds of hours. So you with yeah. um, Game ADD and with it coming out probably very close to Halo Infinite. I mean, is this going to be like priority or is this going to be backseat to Halo Infinite?
1: No, it'll be backseat. And that's this for me why I also think like, oh, okay, when they announce this, this is really bad for launch games. And so I'm thinking, all right, so if the system was originally going to come out in... Um, November, I think they would they need to, if possible, move it to like October, right? So like if the Series X to come out in October, to give like these huge titles because Halo is a huge title, but so is Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's first game, but it's been anticipated for eight years, right? Right, and um, it's been pushed back. It was supposed to come out beginning of last year, and it got kept getting pushed, and so I think like uh, I'm sure developers when they heard this were like. Oh my gosh! This is they just started. I, so they, I
0: assume that a lot of them just started crying.
1: They're like, oh, "We got to crunch harder to get crap done, so we can get our games out earlier." And that—that that used to be like what a Halo game was, or what a Call of Duty game was, or when Destiny came out, it was like you put your game out either before this or a really long time after this, because no one is going to play your game if it comes out within a couple weeks of this title. Right. right. And that's, so,
0: that's why Titanfall died.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they EA sent Titanfall out and shot it in the back of the head as it was walking out the door, right? It, you know, so when it put it in between both Battlefield and Call of Duty, it's like, why don't you just kill the franchise doing it that way? But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be a huge game, and they're like, oh yeah, a lot of people. I don't know if there's really interest in it or whatever. It's like some of these outlets are like, yeah, I don't know how big it's going to be. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's everywhere. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to play it you know it's going to be a huge title and so for me i'm like okay i want halo to be a success and so and i want to play it sooner so i would rather they have the stuff come out in october but
0: and and know. there are some rumors that have been circulating that there is a release date around the middle of october but those are all rumors so i don't even know if it's yeah. worth talking about right now because i mean that would be kind of that would be pretty impressive if they move that a whole console launch up because of one game. Considering like the Halo campaign is probably going to be maybe 10 hours because that's what they usually they usually are unless I mean, they knows, go right? unless they go so. a completely different direction with Halo Infinite, which you know, maybe they do. Maybe they're like, "Hey, we can't just do this linear campaign anymore. Let's do something a little bit different." But I yeah, mean, I, mean, I for, for me, something like Cyberpunk can wait a couple months because it is going to be such a long game anyway. Like I don't know yeah. if there's like a huge rush to get to it burn through it just to get to the end. I don't think it's going to be one of those yeah. games like, you know, it's not going to be the Last of Us 2 style narrative game.
1: No, I mean, I like that it's coming out in November because then that gives me time during Thanksgiving week. And then also Christmas break gives me opportunity when I'm going to be home, you know, because I'm already going to take days off for when Halo Infinite comes out. Right. So it's like, I don't, you know, so some some of my friends are like, yeah, I want to take, Take time off to play this game. And like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm, uh, it's a single player game, so nothing we can do about it. And everybody's going to be a little bit different based on your choices. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited to play it, but at the same time, it's not something that I'm going to be like, oh, I have to play this right now because, you know, it's got a long story and long tales, basically what they're going to do because they have multiplayer stuff coming out next year, story DLC, you know, those kind of things. And I would rather play Halo you know then then cyberpunk have had to choose.
0: So. All right. All right, so speaking of Halo, do should we play this uh this signal that was detected? Should we should we play this right now for all the listeners? Yeah. Let's do that. Play it play it. Up. Play that funky music. Signal detected. This is on tweeted out by the official Halo Twitter account. It says anomaly deciphering. The hour approaches. Forces occupy the ring.
1: Within hours, it will be under our control. Humanity will burn. Their brazen defiance will be all but a memory.
0: No more prophets! No more lies. We stand together. Brothers to the end. We are his will. We are
1: his legacy. We are the banished.
0: All right, Devin. Uh, Our resident Halo uh, nerd... What is this all about? Why are we hyped about this? Uh, this signal detected.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this signal detected. We've we've kind of known, that for people who've been following it closely, uh, that the Banished would be in Halo Infinite, but this is like the actual confirmation because uh, Mega Blocks had leaked multiple times different figures from the Banished, right? It's With always Mega blocks, man.
0: Mega Bloks I mean, LEGO, always Le- leaks Le- everything Legos and
1: stuff. Leak things, you know, and they're like, uh, whatever, but. No, so the banished really came about in halo wars 2 and their story was all that was the main enemy you fought there and this is basically you know the brutes are back but they're they're a combination of all like the most insane crazy part of the covenant you know uh continually building and building and building and they're basically telling you like in halo wars 2 they tell you the covenant was fighting two two different groups of people they were fighting humanity and they were fighting the banished and they said they almost defeated the uh, humanity, but they never even got close with the Banished, right? So they're crazy, um, really powerful. Uh, if you play Halo Wars 2, or even if you want to just watch the hour and a half worth of cutscenes made by Blur for Halo Wars 2, you can get the story in there and get the information to get you kind of caught up about it. But, I mean, th- there's rumors for Halo Infinite that it would be the Banished and then also be um, the Created which is like humans and, and pre-runners, forerunners, and then the flood.
0: Precursors. Right?
1: Precursors, yeah. And uh, so it's like there might be a four-way battle, well, five-way, if you can include the regular you know, humans, the UNSC, but um, it's good because this is a, a new enemy, and they, they had talked about how Halo Infants kind of a spiritual reboot for the series. And so we're going to see. I mean, the story wasn't great for most people in Halo 4 and 5, um which is not I mean there's there's no argument for me. I mean it was a story. I, that's all I see it as is as, as one of the mini stories because I partake of all the Halo content, whether that's books, movies, comics, you know, all that all that stuff. And there's a lot of books that both Stephen and I could tell you are there was not not good. several years several years that it was like an apology tour and it was not good. Um let's hate everything that made this franchise good. Yeah. Um so before yeah, you know, can- I mean
0: before you continue, Devin, SJ has a question in chat, and I want to know if you had come across this across this also. So SJ says, quick question, because I've seen some things on Twitter, do you think that is a crack on the screen or a flood spore? People are saying is it a flood it is a flood spore because the very top crack can be seen moving a little bit back and forth. So I was totally paying attention to everything you were saying, Devin, I promise. But while mm-hmm. I was paying attention to everything you were saying, I was also scrubbing back and forth on this tweet and Um, I think it's very clearly supposed to look like it's a crack at first glance. But as I was scrubbing back and forth on this thing, because a lot of times refraction happens because it's a screen, it's cracked. You're going to get some refraction inside that crack. But even when a lot of the stuff on screen is not moving to where there would be light refraction, um, that bottom crack is kind of wiggling. So I can totally see why people would think that it's a flood spore. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean that's like i said earlier the dlc that was the last dlc where the flood was involved and i hadn't played that yet so that's why like i reinstalled it because no like, okay i need to finish those two dlcs to really get caught up with the full story of what happened with uh atriox the leader of the banished and as well as the rest of the banished when they fought the flood and i mean when you are showing it in there he was just like destroying them single-handedly popping them in his hands in his bare hands and stuff um so, I mean, you never know. I mean, it could be the Flood. I hope the Flood is in Halo Infinite, but in a more dark and sinister way, because I really enjoyed it in Halo 2. And they could definitely make a horror game with the Flood in in Halo.
0: Oh, it's I think just... that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, they there's so many things they could do with Halo. And and so, I mean, they've been working on this for five years. So, I'm, I'm hoping, really hoping that they, they're going to go all out. You know, where there is multiple enemies, enemy factions to fight, and they could I, be infected with the flood. You never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could definitely go both ways. Where, like, yeah, I can see this is a crack, but I could also see people arguing that, hey, that is, you know tendrils from the flood spore so i like i can't say for sure what it is um to me it looks like that thing's moving when it shouldn't be moving while it was playing but again like i agree Devin. and i think there is so much potential in the halo universe that i hate that they have not done more with it um yeah this tweet well, they, has they, been they
1: had what was it uh forget that they had like they're hiring for the next halo game and people were like freaking out They're like halo Info's not even out yet and they're hiring for the next one and it's like that's usually how it works, right? right? They have a small team working on the next what's coming next. But for me, I would rather they have two multiple teams working on Halo where they could do a mainline and then an offshoot where they could really experiment and go go out there and do all kinds of crazy stories with Halo. All right, go ahead. That's my opinion.
0: Okay, no, I was just gonna say that this tweet has been viewed two point um, seven million times, almost more hours um watched than people watch um video content on Mixer. I I'm just did. That's not true. That's just it's a, a stab at. That, that's you. just a stab at Mixer. I'm just saying. I am excited that people are getting hyped. Um, there's a lot of stuff that Microsoft puts out that never hit this amount of views on Twitter. So it's it's not like a huge indicator that people are being hyped, but it's a small indicator that people are still excited about Halo because yeah. I'm now starting to get excited for whatever that announcement is next next month. Um Yeah, no, for sure. Because after the whole PlayStation thing I was excited about the PlayStation reveal, now I'm like, okay, that's kind of died off a little bit. Um still excited about a lot of the games that they showed off there, Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West. Um Maybe they'll trek through New Mexico in that game or not, but with the Miles Morales stuff. But now it's like, all right, moving on to Halo. This is like one of the biggest video game franchises ever. It was definitely the biggest during Halo Two biggest launch. I mean, we they still show off videos of that Halo Two launch, you know, before digital content was the thing and just thousands of people standing in line, thousands of people, thousands of people hyped up. So I'm really getting excited yeah. for it. So
1: I mean, they they make like a Halo Two and Halo Three. They made you know. Three, four hundred million dollars in a single night to sell in the game. Yeah. So it's a huge franchise, you know, and we talked about this uh, off the air in a different time where people were, you know, fanboys or just like myself. I'm a fanboy, but it's um, true. They're they're just like, oh, what's a bigger franchise, Spider Man or Halo, you know? And it's like, they're saying, oh, no one's interested in Halo. It's like, this is a a minute long (laughs) audio clip with millions of views on it. Tell me that people aren't still excited for this franchise. And, you know, I'm I'm excited for both. I've been enjoying Spider Man on the PlayStation Four. I'm gonna pick up Miles Morales on the PlayStation Five and you know, I'll enjoy that. But for me, honestly, like Halo is bigger a bigger launch than anything else. And it has to be a huge launch for Microsoft. This is the first Halo to launch with the system since Halo C E. So
0: I think also um, it's gonna be different this time around because with it launching on PC, and if they spin up eSports around it, this is the perfect mm-hmm. time for Halo eSports to come back. You're on oh, PC, yeah. keyboard and mouse. No more of this, hey, you know, it's easy because it's on controller. Like, now's the time where, you know, people that are playing Valorant, people that are playing Overwatch, it's like, this is one of the biggest games that was on consoles forever. Now it's on PC. Now I can do it with keyboard and mouse. I mean, I, I can only guess how big... And I, I can only hope how big Halo will be in the esports scene. Something new, something yeah. different instead of all well, these. So. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I can see them doing two different versions where they have both PC and and console where they have different brackets, different uh, you know people going because some some people aren't going to want to use keyboard and mouse and others will want to use the controller and they could still have okay these are this is the esports for console this is the esports for PC for Halo and you're checking it out and watching it you know and then it'll always be like all right, Let's pair the best two teams together on each side <laughs> and yeah. find it out. But, you know, um, there's definitely a, a lot of room for potential there. And that's why Mi- Microsoft 100% invested, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. They built a whole brand new engine. And, I mean, they they are ramping up the media around it. It was mentioned in multiple articles. You know, they talked about how they, I mean, I'm pretty sure 343 has been talked about many times that they were, pretty much the first studio that knew the specs for the series X. And so they could really design uh halo infinite around that system, you know, to take advantage of everything that is going to put in there. I mean, or as much as it can. And I mean, they have like their software engineers, the system engineers basically saying, this is the most advanced game engine in the world, you know, and all this stuff. And so it's going to take advantage of all the newest features. Right. Yeah. So, and, and with it using DirectX 12, which you know during this current generation, pretty much uh, you know that's already on like the Xbox One and on the the One X they already have Direct X twelve in in those systems to be used, but it just really wasn't used because games weren't programmed for that because third party games, uh, you know, were using were going to sell more on the PlayStation, so they didn't really focus on that. But with the new engine from three four three industries that was focused on DirectX 12 and everything else. They can fully take advantage. You know, they've said they're going to fully take advantage of everything within all the boxes that hasn't been taken advantage of because they just it wasn't programmed for it.
0: And so. it's time to get hyped. So SJ in the chat says, um, when we were talking about other games that they could do yeah. in the Halo universe, asks, like an ODST type of spinoff or something completely different? I think, Devin, both you and I would like something completely different. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could do... I think they could do multiple. They could do ODST stuff. They could do completely different. They could do horror... I mean, that's what I'm like. Okay, you can have two teams working where you have mainline Halo. It's published this year. And then maybe the year after, you know, or two years after, they have uh, an offshoot or something else, another game that's coming out within the Halo universe that they can really take risks on and explore different stories besides the Master Chief story. Because in a mainline Halo game, as they've learned... People don't want to play as Spartan Fours. They don't want to play as these other Spartans when it's supposed to be a Master Chief story. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that's fine if you want to do a story around the Spartan Fours, just don't advertise it as a mainline Halo game, which is supposed to be the Master Chief.
0: Very similar to like what they did with ODST or Halo Reach. And those were yeah. both very successful because they yeah. weren't marketed as, hey, what's the Chief doing now when Noble Six is over here yeah. on Reach? Exactly. I think, I think like, like I would love to see different games like a, um, like a Halo game that's very much like Homeworld, where you're controlling all these different frigates and fighters because the UNSC has tons of different ships. The Covenant has like lots of different Corvettes and they've got all their mm-hmm. stuff going on. So, I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of far out there. I don't think they would ever do something like that. Um, that kind mm-hmm. of RTS game really isn't like in, in vogue right what? now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they have the RTS. I would, I would enjoy another Halo Wars. I would enjoy if they had actually made the Mega Blocks version. You know, the, the that Lego was very cool looking that they've cut twice now. You know, because um, that that would definitely be a hit for kids. You know, and I would love to play that with my kids. Um, there's just so many opportunities. That I mean, they could even do like we I was talking with. Uh, my friends the other day about okay, what do you have to do to be successful in a multiplayer game, pv you know, PvP focused, multiplayer? It's like all the big titles have a battle royale. Right? I mean, they have to have bigger modes with lots of people in them. They can get in there, and it's like okay, well, what do you want to do with battle royale? It's like it's just do ODSTs, hell jumpers. How easy you, you're getting shot down in you know uh, feet first as hell jumpers, you know, and yeah. go on the map, and your regular soldiers training doing this other stuff like it sells itself for, for Halo anyways. I mean, to me, that makes super makes a ton of sense because they need to have larger than 16-player uh, maps, right? And so what's Halo going to do for that? You know, what, what are the next games going to do? Because Warzone is super successful, Fortnite's super successful, uh, PUBG, super successful. And so what's Halo going to do to stand out within those, this crowded market where it's like, I need a place where I can play with a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And those are those players that you want to capture. All the people that would be, would be playing Halo are playing those games. So you've got to figure out how to do something different and how to do, how to do it better. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. All right, let's move off for Halo because we'll talk a little bit about that more. Um, I'm going to jump through these last two things. And then I really want to talk about um, your experience with this integration and something that you're working on. Alright, so Nintendo is reportedly stepping away from mobile games. They had a bunch of mobile games on there. They had like a Fire Emblem game where you got to pick a bunch of characters. They had Super Mario Run that cost $10. Then they had Dr. Mario, which was a nightmare for them, and then the Mario Kart. So apparently they're stepping away because of the success of the Switch and Animal Switch. Crossing during the, during the pandemic. Um, I think if Nintendo Put different games out on the market. Actually and
1: put an effort into it?
0: I think, yeah. I think if they would have tried, they could have been super successful. Because the idea of, like, a Mario run um, sounds good on paper, but the way it was implemented, it was just so, like, touch the button, touch the button tap the button here, that it didn't really work for me. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there's lots of properties that they could... I don't know why they just didn't put, like, an emulator out on the iStore and... Um, on the Apple Store, the iStore. Um, <laughs> and, you know, sell emulation for their old games, which seems like that would have been like a no-brainer. Like, But I guess they don't even do that for their virtual console now. So, I don't know. Nintendo's weird. Nintendo, like, they march to the beat of their own drum, but they're reportedly stepping away from the mobile game, even though mobile, you know, makes billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, they made hundreds of else. millions
1: of dollars off of it, and they're like, not enough. They're pulling to Disney, they're like, oh, it's successful, but it's not as successful as we want, so we're not going to do it.
0: So yeah so then ea wants to double down on making star wars games i'm sure this is going to be super exciting for star wars fans and super unexciting for star wars fans so ea ceo andrew wilson um also known as uncle andrew among uh, a lot of bioware people that we've talked to so uncle andrew has revealed that he wants to
1: i <laughs> <laughs> can't believe he said that out loud steven years to say that to people.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of Bioware people I mean I guess take your pick on who said it but um, so Uncle Andrew has <laughs> revealed
1: they going to talk to us again <laughs> uh,
0: I, I don't think they're talking to us now anyway so Uncle Andrew has revealed that he wants to double down on the developers create, create a partnership with Disney to make Star Wars Game the company held a fireside chat webinar with investors this week via GameSpot during the conference Wilson alluded to the financial success of the modern Star Wars Battlefront series Respawn Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and the mobile game star wars galaxy of heroes which i have not played but it's a mobile game so i'm sure it makes a ton of money for people that enjoy that kind of stuff that wasn't part of the message that was me just interjecting back to the article as part of this reasoning for further commitment to the license we're going to double down on that partnership and nothing is better than just saying it's super successful make more of it because that works 100 of the time right let's guarantee to print money just make more star wars game because i mean there weren't any problems with just like coming out with solo rogue one all the other star wars things in quick succession like zero problems there right everyone loved it no issues the more star wars the better so i imagine that this will be exactly the same and everything will work out perfect as long as ea continues to make star wars games so <laughs> yeah i need to take a drink of water now
1: yeah, no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know how successful Squadrons going to be. It's something that a lot of people want to play, but is it the version of what they've wanted to play? No, it's not because it's on, all right? first
0: person, and I don't think people are yeah. saying that enough. That Star Wars Squadrons is only first person. Yeah, you don't see your ship at all. I
1: don't know. I mean, it's yeah. I'm. I, I don't understand. I mean, they're like, oh, you can customize your ship, but it's like. I don't ever see my ship on the outside, so what do I need to customize it for you, on the You will see
0: the enemy but, ship fly by super fast and be like, hey, that was a cool yeah. sticker. Did you see
1: that black color? <laughs> Did yeah. That was so good.
0: Because, like, why would you not just make your ship black because you're in space and it's harder to yeah. see? Yeah.
1: Let's make them all white. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know.
0: So, all right, Devin. Now I want to hear about the important stuff. I want to hear about your experience with Disintegration because that is a game that came out. I was excited for it. It came out and I quickly forgot yeah. about it and I don't know if I'll ever go back and play it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm waiting for an update. I will have to check it. I didn't check it today. I was going to check it, but yeah, no, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's is made I've been following development for it for a long time because I'm a big fan of uh, Marcus Lello, the guy, the co-creator of halo basically um you know formed a new studio 30 people to make a, a new game and um they're trying something different with it you know and i played the the beta and or the technical beta and that stuff and it was worked great um so a game came out and i'm trying to play it and I, inverting the controls doesn't work so i can't play it so because <laughs> um, i play inverted and i don't want to have to relearn how to play video games to play video games
0: yeah, so, I think it's like impossible at this point to try to unlearn, invert, and go back to and learn normal. Impossible I at all. I I can
1: do that. It's just not as responsive as I want it to be.
0: And you it's will like, die I, all I the mean, time.
1: Yeah, no, no, and I'm supposed to be like moving around, moving my units, do all this stuff. And it's like, I can't experience your story because you've limited the way uh, I can play. Or I mean, it's in there like it's supposed to work. It worked during the technical betas, but uh, it didn't work in lunch. so and that's that kinda,
0: for me i'm sure that's very uh, that's very frustrating because you're not the only one that's reported that i mean when you have a small team qa unfortunately um, you don't have a lot of time or a lot of people to do qa i mean but again it was like working during the technical beta so it wasn't something that anyone brought up because there weren't any issues so when it releases and there's an issue it's like well i guess you know now we're gonna have to push a patch and that's not as easy as not not so easy said and done Hopefully, I I hope that teams like this size find success and I hope that V1 Interactive has success with Disintegration and they continue to make new stuff. All right, Devin, real quick. Unless you have anything more on Disintegration, I'm going to talk about my experience in Dark Dark Souls, then I want to ask you about something that you're working on. All right, so I've been playing Dark Souls in the morning. This is something that I am very surprised at how much I am enjoying doing this. I found a couple of people that um jump on my stream super early in the morning. Um I appreciate them because um honest is someone is is the name of someone that has jumped in my streams and has helped me out a lot because that game is very difficult. Um as a new as a new person to that genre, it is it is very hard to complete. It is very much um go here, die, um, go here, die, go back and die, go back and die hundreds of times until you learn patterns and you recognize those patterns and you're able to overcome it. But it's been a lot of fun playing something that I normally would not play and just having like a giant um, palate cleanser after playing Anthem for so long. So it's kind of been very cathartic for me to like go to a different genre and just kind of learn something new because it's been it's been super helpful. And I've been having a lot of fun playing Dark Souls 3. And I think all the Dark Souls games right now are currently on sale on Steam. Um, it's part of Steam's summer sale. I think there's like hundreds of titles right now that are on sale over there. All right. Devin, this is something that you and I have recently been talking about. Something A new um, video series that we're going to be doing. So uh, we've been talking about, hey, we want to make more content. We kind of want to do more stuff for the YouTube channel. So we came up with an idea. And I want you to... Tell the people the idea that we've come up with and what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be working on.
1: (laughs) All right. So uh, the basic idea is because I play more first-person shooters than anyone in the world. Not, No, not even close. Okay, fair enough. Uh, But I've been playing it for a long time. And so what – because we were trying to do like, okay, here's content where you're playing it and you can watch it. And then I'm going to do content where – I'm gonna be doing, you know, kind of voiceover of why I did what I what I did when I'm playing this game. You know, I mean, I'm not the best player in the world by by any means, but I can do fairly well for the most part in, in pretty much any first person shooter. And and so we were talking about, okay, let's do a series of why did you go this way? What can lead to better success when you're playing these types of games? Because a lot of people that uh, kind of follow us or you know are in in the discord and those kind of things maybe don't play that kind of stuff. And so, um, it was just like, okay, let's, let's talk about what I did right and what I did wrong and how to improve people's gameplay. Right. How do you, how do you give people advice on what they can do? You know, why I made these decisions that lead to me, you know, having higher scores or being in the top percentile in most of the games that I'm playing. And then even making videos where it's like, I sucked really bad this game and this is why this is, you know, these I'm watching the video, going over and discussing. Okay, I made this mistake of pushing too hard, or not seeing with my team, or or you know not having good communication and those kind of things. So,
0: yeah, because I think you, like you said, you are very consistent with all the FPS games that you do play, and it's yeah. it'd be something that's beneficial for me. Like when I started playing Halo with you guys, I would like get zero kills for like weeks right because you know mm-hmm. learning a new fps and jumping in like it's difficult it's intimidating especially when you play with good people and you're always at the bottom and you're like oh these guys we still won but hey there's steve down there with zero kills <laughs> you got zero like, kills and
1: 20 deaths good job no. <laughs> yeah
0: and that can be intimidating for some people and if there's i'm if there was some place where people can go to be like okay well, how can i improve What are the basic things that I should know in order to stay alive and go 43 and 5 in a battle, in a battlefield game? Um, like you, like you often do. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be a fun series. Also, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll go down a future in the line when someone's like, Hey, I want to share my gameplay with you. Tell me what I get, did wrong. And you could even maybe do a little bit of coaching if, if someone wanted that. So I'm excited for this series. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, you're very knowledgeable and you have, like an innate ability to just um destroy people in these fps shooters so it'll be fun for you to be able to share that knowledge and hopefully help other people improve their gameplay especially with halo infinite coming up if you like want to leg up on all these people that are going to be jumping in like the best time to jump into a fighting game or a shooter is like the first weekend right because that's when you get matched up with so many people Fresh me and you can just rack up those kills. Your confidence goes up. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so.
1: And yeah, no, I mean, it'll be interesting because I'm going to switch between, you know, battlefield five, call of duty, halo, um, you know, just different things. And halo infinite. We don't know how different it's going to be, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see where their multiplayer design goes and, and uh, what, what changes and what hasn't. And again, you know, I'm not saying I have the best or, or, I can be the one to tell you how to do things, but in my experience, I'm pretty decent. And so we thought this would be fun and something for people to watch. And if you think my advice is bad, let me know, too. I don't care, you know, it's whatever.
0: (laughs) I oftentimes tell you that your advice is bad, so. It's true. And you know what? You've never got mad once that I can remember, so hold (laughs) on. Oh, don't play that yet. Well, cool. I think um, unless there's anything else, I think that's probably going to cover it today for episode 128 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Devin, thanks for hanging out with me. Um, it's been—I don't think we've ever—it's been a really long time since it's just been you and I on the show. Um, yep. I thought it would go a little bit short, but hey, we carried it through the entire time, the entire length of the show. That's just—you know—that's how we roll. We love talking that's about video do. games, and there's a lot to talk about. Everyone in chat: um, SJ Dub, Honest. Thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate everyone that tunes in. Um, SJ, we're glad you're able to make it this time. Um, To everyone that catches the podcast and everyone else, hey, if you want to support us, you can do that over at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Kick us a dollar, help support the show. Um, We'll try to continue to make content that you enjoy. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed this content. So until next time, um, we'll see you on the other side. Be good to each other. Please be good to each other. Like just... Like, honestly, like, just care about each other and lift each other up. Don't bring each other down. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to FreelancerCodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash FreelancerCodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all. Thank you for listening to ah, the freelancer. Just playing again. <laughs>